gestating the curious minds involves adult themes and situations. Just a warning. Do it again. No. <laughs> you turned. Welcome to Just Dating the Curious Minds, where we... Uh... <laughs> you suck at introing the show. I know. Welcome to Just Dating the Curious Minds, where we explore the paradigm of social constructivism. We're your entertainers, Glenn and Gertie Nuzzles. <laughs> Allow us to shine a light on the process of creation for the most splendiferous fiction genre, paranormal smuts. <laughs> well, Gertie, uh, what are we doing in this episode? So, uh, Glenn has given me the task. <laughs> I've forgotten how to speak. We are so, we're, we went to the gym today. Yeah. And we're both very tired. We're on diets. We're on diets. My brain is working slow. Dueling diets. Dueling diets. Yeah. Who's going to diet the best, dude? Who's oh. going to diet the hardest? And not me. No, not me either. No. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> the laziest competition. No one's really a champion. I don't want to win that one. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I uh, know. Um, what are we doing? We're going to read chapter three that you wrote up. Yep. So I wrote chapter three. So Glenn is going to go ahead and read that for us. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, Last episode, we wrote up a couple of uh, notes to actually plot out where the story is going I so know. we don't just drift along indefinitely. That's kind of what's happening. So, so we yeah. cheated a teeny tiny bit, um, but we're really going to start getting to the, the meat. Mm. The meat and potatoes, dude. Potatoes isn't very sexual. When you said meat, I totally saw where you were going. What would potatoes be in a sexual sense? The butt? <laughs> 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 I feel like potatoes are very sexy. How? I've never seen a potato that I didn't want to eat. Oh, you think eating is sex? You're confused. How am I ever going to get you pregnant? <laughs> Just keep feeding me potatoes. One will take root. <laughs> All right, fine. Want me to read the thing? Yes, please read the thing. Chapter three. Mateo and Maximilian were engrossed in a game of chicken leg lacrosse when John burst into the foyer. I've met someone! John was out of breath. Bat, fluttering, eyes, wild with excitement. A lady! I wooed a lady! His voice echoed around the foyer, which was which was floored in stone and papered in a ten years out of fashion flower pattern. I read that really weird, but I'm not going to go back and fix it. <laughs> Max kicked out, uh, kicked out the chicken leg guiltily, but his foot passed through it. Tell me about it, he chirped. <laughs> the sight of the meat reminded John that he had not eaten all day. First, let us away to the supping room so that I may fill my stomach uh, the way my heart has been filled. Mateo put his hands on his ghostly hips and rocked his head side to side in a mocking manner. I'm John and I need to eat because I'm alive. <laughs> Mateo rocketed the chicken leg toward John with his ghostly wind powers. But John was already halfway <laughs> through the door uh, to the supper room. Soon, John was shoveling food into his mouth while his ghoulish friends looked on. Maximilian, fully engaged with his hand on his chin, leaning in as John's poor eating habits caused a fine mist of spittage in his direction. <laughs> she has a glistening scalp, 
healthy with the, with the oils of beauty. John gushed around the food in his full mouth, her hair a golden field of wheat in the sun. Mateo rolled his eyes and flicked mouse poops at John's plate. <laughs> oh, tell me more, begged Max, wrapped up in the romance. John finally allowed the food to sluice down his throat, ending the meal. <laughs> we'll tell you more in the piano room as we enjoy some post-supper music. The trio scurried to the piano room, Maximilian floating to the keyboard and picking up a jazzy little tune that made John's bat kick its little legs in time. John draped himself across the piano slowly, feeling the music and the memory of Hattie. She has the perfect baby blue orbs and a mouth like a feeding clam. Such fine fit flesh is true artistry. I'm not going to go back and fix it. I'm flubbing up all this stuff and I'm not going to change it. Okay. Max trilled on keys in excitement and squealed. Uh, what, uh, what about her snuffer? He asked. Her sneezer? John clarified. Oh, that of Grecian statue. The schnoss of a goddess. <laughs> <laughs> what, about her, what about her feelers? Chimed Max. Her bilateral cuspids? Perfect, fleshy, but firm enough to hold their shape. <laughs> How about the sensual parts? Asked Mateo with a greasy little grin, who was beating a tambourine off rhythm. Oh, yes, what a trunk. I will tell you, but first let us away to the keeping room for a more intimate feel. The fellows foot slogged across uh, the house, finding their place in the keeping room. John stoked the fire with us, uh, smoldering into it, remembering Hattie's sloping décolletage. The warmth of his fire mixed with the dankness from the stone fireplace reminded him of a cauldron of meat water Hattie bent over af uh, day after day, moisturizing her visage. Max belly danced behind him, enhancing the sexual mood. Her breasts are <laughs> firm fruit. Ripe for the picking, and I suspect would fetch a pretty penny at market, John whispered, <laughs> his voice thick. He touched his neck absentmindedly, and the bat farted. Her solar plexus <laughs> highlights her tender tank in the most voluptuary way. Mateo was belly dancing as well, but he had drawn a face on his belly. Uh, what about that sweet, sweet lower body, Mateo asked, squeezing his incorporeal belly to suggest that the navel had been speaking. <laughs> that seems like a question for the dairy room. Let us away! The three goose-stepped their way to the dairy chambers, full of open buckets of milk, cheese wheels. Maximilian threw himself belly down on the ground, sipping milk from a bucket with a straw and kicking his phantasmal legs. John gazed into the bucket and traced his finger along the cream at the top. He imagined the liquid creating the visage of Hattie's face, blowing him a creamy kiss. Her lower body is muscular and developed, luckily hidden by her skirts. Ha! shouted Mateo. A commoner. Yes, common in economic status, but I know her feet could be uh, fine little cream puffs if only she did not have to stand in them all day. Delicate and sweet with purely promise. <laughs> John dreamily dumped his finger into the bucket of milk and sucked it off. Mateo <laughs> is using a cheese wheel as a foam roller for the bottom of his own unearthly feet. <laughs> I can turn the page. <laughs> the page was taking forever since a huge pause. <laughs> Do you even know her name? Yes, proclaimed John proudly. It's Hattie. Mateo kicked the cheese wheel in glee, and Max jumped up for the puddle of milk that he had failed to collect in his ghostly elementary <laughs> canal. <laughs> the hot dog wench, in all caps, squeezed Mateo. Oh, this is too much, he floated to John briskly and swirled around him, gloating. She isn't even alive. Max swatted at Mateo and draped an arm over John's shoulder. 
That's okay, buddy. Sometimes it can be hard to tell if someone's a ghost. I knew she was a ghost, John responded indignantly. She doesn't mind my bat, and I don't mind if she's dead. Mateo <laughs> scoffed and flicked at the bat, <laughs> which shat down John's wet neck. <laughs> you need a living woman with a lively dowry, John. Just look at this place. A flake of plaster fell off the ceiling and splashed into a bucket of milk. <laughs> Not to mention, she's... Cursed to relive her death at that pool every night. Uh, so much for a moonlight rendezvous. John waved dismissively at Mateo. Max was nibbling at his nails nervously. How does, uh, how much does Cherie uh, remember of her death? John waved his hand again. None of this is important. I am fatigued. Let us retire to the lethargy room. <laughs> the mood was different now. As John trudged to bed, Mateo tap danced with glee, and Max tucked John in and his mind uh, on other things. John looked up at Max. Are you happy that I'm happy? <laughs> so pathetic. <laughs> of course I am. Max trailed off as he tucked the bat in his own little blanket. I didn't catch that the last time I read it. <laughs> bat gets its own little yeah. blanket. <laughs> That's awesome. I just don't want anyone to get hurt, John's. Uh, John, hearing the first part of that, I'm still thrown off by the bat with his own blanket. John, hearing the first part of the sentence, fell into a smug sleep. Mateo stopped dancing and focused on Max. What did you mean by that? What do you know? Max shook his head. Come, let us away to the spirit's slumber chambers. There will be more time for gossip later. Well, I read that like a turd, but I'm physically exhausted. Uh, what's next? Let's look at our notes. So uh, we've learned that Max maybe uh, knows a little bit more about the way that Hattie died than everyone else does. I know. You added that in. I was kind of delightfully surprised at the end of the yeah, chapter. I took a little my bit of intrigue. To my lips and licked them. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A little cliffhanger is delicious. <laughs> like a sexual potato. Like a sexy potato. That you can't have sex with. So... Uh, <laughs> I can't have sex with Apparently you can I'll do just fine <laughs> Should we just stop the podcast now So I can go see how you do that uh, Oh nah. we do have potatoes Later, 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 <laughs> after it. dinner Now you made it serious I <laughs> So Um now we're kind of getting back to that root antagonist, which is supposed to be capitalism. Heck yeah. So uh, we were thinking that the best way to introduce capitalism would be that uh, John and Hattie are starting to get really steamy. Heck yeah. He doesn't have a lot of money. No. Dwindling uh, trust funds. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way that Hattie could ever you know, be with him in any kind of real way would be if he has a pool, but he doesn't have the funds. He doesn't have the funds. So he's hiding the fact that he doesn't have money to kind of string things along uh, until he gets the funds. So he's going to start um, looking to open a business. Heck yeah. Um, we should have the a montage, just a brief montage of uh, him romancing Hattie. Yes. Starting this off. He's back. He's in the game. Things are exciting. We'll just uh, do Let's a bunch of cuts. Jump right to the sex, dude. So him, a montage of him romancing her, I keep thinking things like they're on a boat and she's got a parasol. Except she's a ghost and she's trapped. So I guess That's really maybe funny. he brings a boat to the pool and gives her a parasol <laughs> because she's a ghost and she can't do anything except for be at the bucket full of weenies. So all of their interactions have to happen around the twilight hour where... 
the uh, pool is closed, That's but true. before the bucket brigade shows up. That's right. Okay, so we are going to... How do we make it... It's easier to do a film montage. How do we How do we transfer that to the written word? Well, thank God we have a narrator, because the narrator can say, over the next ten nights, John had found new and exciting ways to woo her within the confines of the pool. Oh, so we're going to introduce a narrator now. Didn't we already have a narrator for the most part? Yeah, we did. Kind of. Well, now I gotta look. No, when we talked about him wooing that woman in the bat... Yeah, Marianne Watercress. Mm. Uh, she was beautiful. She had opportunities more attractive. Women of lesser financial means, blah, blah, blah. In fact, she only seemed to venture... So we're selling things about her in the past tense. In fact, she only seemed to venture outside in the late evening or twilight as evidenced by all the bug bites covering her skin. So we're doing a description that the narrator is doing. He had spent weeks trying to woo her. Uh, she wasn't hard to win over. So yeah, this is all past tense narrator talking. Okay. So we can do that again. So the narrator suggests the passage of time and the steamy, sultry things that happen. Yeah, so what are some examples of things that he would try to do to create a romantic scenario in this limited environment? Boat on the water. Yeah, I think boat in the pool is really funny. Uh, (laughs) Maybe they're recreating um, the Titanic positioning, even though this is before Titanic happens. (laughs) Would all of them have to end with her basically leaping out of whatever they're doing that's romantic to start screaming, like, I'm on fire, I'm on fire? <laughs> like, or not on fire, but I'm burning. We can... Are we or, going to have real sex in here? Because if not, it could be that that's how all of their dates end. Yeah, so you never get to have sex with because her. Because the, the only time that they'll really have time alone would be if he has a pool. Okay, hear me out. Yes, your idea... Never, basically never gets to have sex. They kiss, they make out a little bit, but then she always starts screaming that she's on fire and whatever. Uh, and it kind of ruins the mood. And so then by the time we go through the rest of the story where he builds a pool and he's thinking, I finally get to be with her. She's going to be in this pool. I can be with her whenever I want. And then the highlight, like the, the biggest moment where he's like going to have this romantic thing in this pool at his home. They're sitting there kissing, making out, and then she just jerks him off because she doesn't really have, she's never had sex when she was living, so she never, <laughs> doesn't really know what to do, so she's just kind of tugging on the it. The worst like, hand job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, who says that she's a very sexual person? She's not. No. She's not a sexual lady. Yeah, we should make their first sexual interaction really clumsy and adorable. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's going to happen near the end then? I guess, We'll yeah. save that. So do you, should we? Okay, so we just have it like we can let's have him shooting his shot repeatedly, but it always ends in some uncomfortable way. Forty-year-old sure. virgin, virgin style. Oh, okay. All right. So, so if they're I in really want to, how do you feel about the recreating the Titanic bow scene with hopes to recreate the oh, car scene? Oh, I thought you meant the sinking thing. Like no. I thought, like he'd lean in to try and make moves no, on the her, movie. and his hands splish splash against her boobs, and then he falls out, and then he's like, "I'm drowning." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Hold." It's cold and whatever. I don't know. Never let go. Yeah, never let go. Kick real hard. <laughs> um, yeah, they could try to recreate that scene. And then that's where he tries to feel her up. So he's like, he's taking, he's ruining all his own romantic moments that he set up. Like he took the time to bring in a boat, took the time to wear the right kind of outfit. Uh, he actually put like a mast on this boat. Yeah. And like a little front viewing area on this tiny little canoe. And then uh, he tries to grab at her boobs, but there's nothing really to grab, and his hands go through her chest, and he falls off the boat. Oh. Maybe. Because the rules are... Because she's a ghost. 
Right. Yeah, the and we can't are, decide what the rules are. We can never decide. It's kind of like mm-hmm. how they were literally kicking around a chicken leg. Until he walked in and then they can't touch it. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's taking the time to get the milk sucked through the straw, but he can't yeah. keep it in his mouth. Doesn't make anything. No. <laughs> so good. How, so maybe like he keeps trying to do romantic things, but then his own sexual greediness ruins it and he keeps falling into the water. Just keeps falling into the water over and over in different scenarios. Okay. So uh, we have the boat in the pool. Okay. Uh, how about uh, she's is she lounging and he goes to rub her feet, but she's ticklish, so she kicks him. <laughs> yeah. Because she can feel her feet mm-hmm. just this <laughs> for no time. reason. Just this once. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, she kicks him. She could, but she's still made of water, so she could kick him, and a bunch too much water would go up his nose, and then he'd fall into the pool. She's made of water. I, eh, you're right. A, a long we can time make ago, her made of water. No, we don't have to. A long time ago, we talked about her being made of water, and that stuck in my head for some weird reason. Even though we right. moved on, we moved right. on from that. I forgot about that. Yeah, the at the beginning, was, she was going to be a pool ghost. No, the bubbles. He farted through her. It was the watery yeah. body. <laughs> that was the idea. So it feels like electricity on him. <sighs> Um, she doesn't have to be physically water, but she's still ghost, so... Okay, just rule of threes, we just need two more romantic things. Um, maybe we should make them really absurd, like... So, I'm trying to think of, like, a a romantic motorcycle scene where it's, like, the two... Like, the woman's on the back holding on him, except he's got one of those... We gotta figure out what the name of those things are with the giant front wheel and the tiny little back wheel, and the thing's, like, six feet tall. Those bikes? I know, we keep forgetting the name for that. Yeah. So he could try to get her, like, come on, we're going to have a thrilling ride on my whatever. Let's look this up. The Penny Farthing. Penny Farthing? That was the first machine to be called a bicycle. Uh, it's also called a velocipede. Oh. <laughs> come on to my velocipede. Strap your arms around my waist as I take you through a, a thrilling ride, and then, like, the whole bike will just topple over, and he'll fall back into the water. Because <laughs> it's too tall, it's too wiggly. Yeah, and they're riding on the uh, the pool deck. Yeah, that's true. There's not enough space for them to really have a thrilling ride. No. Should he set up a romantic picnic and then he chokes <laughs> on a berry choking. or something? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he could be eating something and then, um, like a berry, but then also the bat is being fed its own berry. But then the bat gets gassy from it and then, like, takes a watery shit in his mouth as he's putting a berry in his mouth and he winds up choking. <laughs> oh, oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't working out at all. Things keep happening. So are we going to have her say, do you have a pool? <laughs> uh, do we have him tell her that he already has a pool or does he say that he'll build one? Even though he doesn't have the financial means. He'll have to say, um, yeah, he's going to have to say, like, oh, I don't have one, but I could totally make one for you. And then she's like, great, how soon? (laughs) There we go. So then that could be him uh, agonizing with the ghosts later on at home after Mm -hmm. he's like, I promised I would build her a pool. Yeah, how am I going to go about that? That sounds so Seinfeld-ish. I promised her a pool, Jerry. What am I going to (laughs) do? Then we can jump to, so then what is it? He, as he's being dramatic and like, I promised her a pool. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Then he'll like knock over that one magazine that he was reading before. And it'll open up to the, the fish, the fertilizer, fish based fertilizer or whatever that was. Maybe he knocks over a drink and it spills 
on the paper. So he picks it up and he sees. Oh, look at you. That's better. Fine. Uh, then, yeah, he'll see the fish-based fertilizer. And they can literally hold it, looking at it, going, if I only I could think of a way of making money quickly, and the bat will shit on the fish. That shits on the fish. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hold on. I love that. I've got an idea. <laughs> so let's have him meet up uh, with a company then, which we need a, a name of a company and a name of a boss oh. that he's meeting with to pitch this this bat guano fertilizer. Um, okay, so I'm looking up some of the oldest businesses still operating in the U.S. We have the Hartford Courant, Baker's Chocolate, <laughs> Ames, King Arthur Baking Company, Cigna, I didn't know that, 1792. Huh. Uh, Jim Bean, Dixon something, Did J.P. Morgan. Did you say Morgan Jim Sheen. Bean? Jim Beam. <laughs> Jim Beam. <laughs> Give me a bottle of that bean, dude. You want a <laughs> glass of bean? bean? It's smooth and smoky, dude. <laughs> J.P. Morgan Chase. We could pick a weird one. Well, there's DuPont. <laughs> DuPont is perfect. DuPont's they do from, chemical stuff. Well, DuPont's from 1802, but who gives a shit? It's No one's worried about it. Or we could pick a weird one like Crane Stationery from 1799. I don't think they'd have anything to do with fertilizer, you think? No, of course not. But it's just funny that we pick a one. But anyways, yes. Colgate. <gasps> Colgate, the toothpaste company. Okay, we'll do Colgate. Actually, it started by William Colgate in New York City. Sold soaps and candles. And batshit. Then it introduced perfumes. Then it had uh, Colgate aromatic toothpaste in jars in 1873. So yeah, they were doing all sorts of sh random shit back then. Candles and stuff. So maybe he puts on a big show in the corporation room where he talks about uh, how useful bat guano is for all of these beauty supplies. Oh, there you go. Sure. Especially for candles. <laughs> yeah. It gives a creamy texture. <laughs> it's light. There you go. Exactly. Uh, what's our big boss's name at Colgate? Who's uh, he meeting with? All right. We're looking up stereotypical rich names. We got 300 plus rich boy names for babies from wehavekids.com. Oh, no. Why would you want? Well, I guess. You, I guess if you're like, you know, of that culture. Names for rich boys of the future. <laughs> Stephanopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanopoulos. Oh, gosh. Anyways. All right. These are a lot of weird names. Powerful rich boy names. These categories are insane. Okay. So Elijah Colgate uh, poo poos his idea. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch what I said till right now. It just comes out of me. I have no control over it. I'm having a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. This is a lot of We're fun. We're having fun. This is a good time. This We're is having a great time. A, yeah, we should probably cool it, though. So, um, then should we have, like, the rule of threes again? Well, no. Because, what, next chapter he finally is going to stumble across a winning combination of Bacuano and cocaine put in a soda? So... Chapter five, we have uh, Hattie finding out that uh, he's the one that caused her death because he accuses her of being a gold digger. Um, they don't speak for a while. So, yeah, I guess the, the next chapter we can have him trying to get his uh, tonic business off the grounds. So maybe he can come up with that at the end of this chapter. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> okay, so at the end of this chapter. Yeah. We'll have, 
I guess, two or three failures with weird tie-ins to businesses that still exist. And then on his last try, he finally decides on his own to come up with, like, the bat guano uh, fertilizer. Okay. Then the next chapter can be all about him doing well and suddenly making money, but then that's when he has a problem with Hattie. So, so the conflict is I'm actually doing it, and now I'm having a problem with it. Very good. So then very the next good indeed, I know, I know. So we had we covered the beauty supplies. <laughs> You're so business right now. We'll do. <laughs> we covered the beauty supplies. So the next one is going to be maybe more of an industrial use. Okay. So let's see. We're going to need a new character name. I'm going for Ignatius because. Yeah, going because. Nuts. Uh, so something industrial. Let me look. Well, we do have Jim Bean as let's, an option for let's something. Let's call it Jim Bean. Because <laughs> they haven't fixed their name yet. Or maybe Jim Bean is the one that um, picks them up to help make a drink. Or he's is he self-funding that? Maybe he gets a green light from Jim Bean. Yeah. Like I... For I the tonic. A, I need a bigger bathtub to make this stuff in. And then yeah. Jim... <laughs> Jim Bean is like, I can't really get my business off the ground. I don't know what the secret is. I'm missing something. Like, here, here's a bigger tub. He's like, why don't you try and change that N to an M? And he goes, I'll give it a shot. That does have a better ring to it. <laughs> uh, then there's Baker's Chocolate, established in 1764. Anyone that seems industrial? Um, Let's see... Ames, it shows a bunch of shovels. If you're Benjamin Franklin, you need to dig a ditch. Who are you going to call? Call in the old sense of visit. Ames, the nation's first shovel manufacturers. Perfect. <laughs> Ames is a household name in colonial times. And our character for Ames. Uh, oh, I got a bunch of, I got the rich boy names up still. Oh, let's just go with my mouse is resting on Rupert. Rupert Ames. There you go. Um, <laughs> I like for for Jim Bean because I wasn't thinking of it. Hmm. Uh, the business is Jim Bean, and the character, I I was like, I want to use the name Ignatius, so I I wrote Ignatius <laughs> Bean, and I'm like, Jim Bean is already a fucking name. That's a first and last no, it's, name. It's better because it doesn't make any sense. That we should keep that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all this American history we're cramming in here. I just love. This I, is I basically a like, textbook. I was almost thinking, like, should we have it be Ignatius Bean or Beam? Uh, like the correct last name, but Ignatius at the beginning is like, I don't know why I can't sell my 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 alcohol. It's like it's not working <laughs> out. I just can't. People just like they love the taste, but I can't get them to try it. If they, but he's just like, well, why don't you try like a different name? Like Jim's like, why would I do that? That's not my name. He's like, just try it. It rolls off the tongue better. Like Jim Bean. It's stupid. That's not my name. I'm not going to do it. But uh, I like that his name is Ignatius, but he's already called it Jim Bean. Yeah. And the bean is the problem. The bean is the problem. <laughs> so we're keeping that for sure. We'll That's keep the best. That. Perfect. So he finally gets a green light. Or should we have him get the green light in the next chapter? Because we, we need to have him all frustrated so that Hattie's like, you said it was going to take a couple months. How's it coming along? Yeah. He's like, it's fine. And he could say, <laughs> yeah, why, why are you handing me about this? Mm-hmm. You know, you just want me for a pool. And there then they have go. that big argument where he accuses her of being a gold digger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they separate for a while. while he, And then we could have this, you know, Jim Bean, uh, Ignatius Bean 
sends a letter that they're going to take him up on his um, tonic water and help him basically be like a, a venture capitalist for it. We have a kid coming down. We have a kid. Well, my oldest has come down in the middle of the show. Do you got anything you want to say? Good How is work? Sucked. Why? They're so busy for no reason. They all wanted the weirdest shit. Like what? Like letter jacket patches. That's the end of the school. Yeah. That's the end of the school. Do you have... There's one lady that wanted to get something embroidered, so I do all the paperwork, and the very end she's like, oh, actually, I already bought these. I was like, well, I have no way to prove that. Do you have your receipt? And she's like, no, I bought them like a month ago. So I'm like, what? Now I have to go get this other lady anyway. Mm. So why didn't you tell me earlier? Like, there's three people waiting behind you in line. Oh, there's... Oh, wow. (laughs) What a dick. I know, people are jerks. Uh, you kept talking about how there was that one kid who's like a high school kid and he dresses really formal all the time. Doesn't he? Like he wears a hat and shit and like a suit. Yeah, well his dad had like, uh, like a screaming <gasps> No! Oh, they don't come anymore? Really? Why are you screaming at you? Well, because he wanted us to take measurements for his baseball uniform and we don't take <laughs> measurements. <laughs> like, we don't do suit measurements or anything. Because people okay. sometimes will come in and be like, can you take my measurements for my custom suit? Like, yeah. No. But he didn't want to accept no as an answer, so I'm telling him, like, we don't do that. Like, I don't know how to do it. There's yeah. no one here that can do it. And he's, mm-hmm. like, yelling at me. Wow. Poor kid is, like, trying to get him to just give it up and leave. Yeah. And he won't go. Wow, I know, there's people I was like, like by that. The, I was there by <clears throat> myself. It was like 10 minutes before we closed. And I was like, bro. That's ridiculous. Yeah, when I worked at the dry cleaners, you'd have grown successful professional people throw giant tantrums on you about their clothes. So it's not surprising you're dealing with the same thing. I know, I see your little boy is sitting on your shoulders like a parrot. Yeah. It's adorable. He's very cute. Why not get fitted properly at the uniform place where you bought the the baseball uniform from. That's like 90% of the people that have alterations in this place have that. But you were saying a lot of them buy their stuff used and then just bring uh, it in to the alterations place, weren't you, at one point? Or buy cheap stuff and then cheap have stuff. it fitted yeah. properly to them. Yeah. So he yeah. probably is like such a cheap bastard, he bought a used baseball uniform. Well, he'd better fucking learn to sew. All right, we got to get back to our show. Okay. <clears throat> we can go upstairs. Would you like some stir fry tonight? I suppose if I must um okay so I was trying to look up famous gold diggers 1800s thousands of people left their homes traveled to Alaska in hopes of finding gold oh no that's a different type of gold digger yeah that's not what I was looking for should we come up with some kind of uh 1700s version of what we think they would call a gold digger yeah, that's the reason why I was trying to look that up. So I was kind of thinking, like, what are you, some kind of, like, when they're having their argument, like, what are you, Anna yeah. Nicole Smith? But who would be the 17 or 1800s version of Anna Nicole Smith? So we understand the term gold digger to mean someone who is in a relationship with someone just for their financial assets. So what are what were other valuable things besides gold that you might have found in the 1700s? What were luxury goods? Um, fabrics, maybe? <laughs> textiles? You're a textile chaser. <laughs> You're a spice and herb digger. Tobacco, lace, glass, coffee, crystal. Lacquered furniture. Porcelain, watches. Illustrated books. I like that he could go off on a, a tangent 
saying, like, all you're doing is going after the finest chocolates and collecting those rare felts. You're probably the kind of person that likes to collect exotic moths. (laughs) 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 Or you dream of how you could one day collect exotic moths on someone else's income. Oh, sure, you'd like to wake up every morning and have a small piece of expensive chocolate. (laughs) My purse will not fund your depraved chocolate desires. There you go. Perfect. Okay. So we have the montage of their meetings that don't go well. Mm -hmm. Finally, the question of the pool. Yeah. And then he has some failed meetings himself, trying to get some money coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this is for the next chapter. They're going to have the fight about the gold digger issue. And then we'll have him um, have Coca-Cola get off the grounds. (laughs) And then the final... And then maybe they... Yeah, and then we'll be coming down to either the last chapter or the final uh, two chapters. Yeah. We'll have to decide how we're going to break that up. Yeah. But we're getting there. Yeah, it's okay to break it up a couple more. We're getting there, man. Well, sounds like we got everything we need. Uh, So, yeah, I don't think there's any other gaps in here or anything, so we could probably just wrap this episode up and go right to our next chapter. Let's do it. All right, well, thanks for listening, and... uh, it won't take us another week and a half or whatever, because we don't have any distant relatives coming to visit. <laughs> distant? <laughs> like physically distant. Physically distant relatives. So uh, we'll be back on schedule, and we will see you next week. Bye. Want to contact us? Don't. This isn't about you. But if you have to, my email is glenn.nuzzles, N-U-Z-Z-L-E-S, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, at House Nuzzle. Uh, But don't bother us, because we're too busy working.